I'm Lisa Leahy, and I'm the host of Pictures and Conversations, a rabbit hole book club. Each month on the 20th, I'm joined by a group of fellow book lovers, and we discuss a book in our typically nerdy fashion. As we continue to not talk about the book that we're not supposed to talk about. (laughs) I admittedly, too, I'm totally weird about the way I read things. Um, Sometimes I just completely devour books, and and I'm usually reading three or four at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just pick up whatever strikes my mood. I have something I read before I go to bed, and I I read murder mysteries before bed. Uh, But I, I liked it good enough. Like... No, it doesn't go super deep into developing these characters. Definitely not. Is it Harry Potter for adults? Absolutely no. not. I... Anyway, you can find Pictures and Conversations, a rabbit hole book club podcast, anywhere you get your podcasts or on our home website, rabbitholepodcasts.com. Everything we do here at Rabbit Hole Podcast is sponsored by Audible. You can go to audibletrial.com slash rabbitholepods and try it absolutely free for 30 days. You can download any audiobook, original show, or podcast that you want. And after the 30-day trial expires, you only pay $14.99 a month and you can get more content from Audible. If you decide to cancel any time, even after the trial, you get to keep anything you've downloaded. So why not give it a chance? That's audibletrial.com slash rabbitholepods. When you use that link, you help us out here at the network. So thank you. Another way to support us is by becoming a Patreon member. Patreon.com slash rabbit hole pods. $3 a month gets you into your exclusive club where you can access episodes early, check out bonus content, and all kinds of great goodies, like access to our Discord or joining us whenever we go live on Twitch. Patreon.com slash rabbit hole pods. A huge shout out to all of our Patreon members. You make all of this happen. Welcome to Hearsing Around, a podcast where we speak of the recently deceased. I'm Chris Ramey, and I'm back. And along for the ride to the funeral services are my co-host, Isabel and Brenda. Hey. Hello. How's everyone doing? I missed you guys last episode. You missed a good time. I know. It sounded talked like about it. fair food. Yeah, nobody was here to keep us in line. I tried my best, but I don't think I did very well. I'm not controllable. I am ungovernable. <laughs> you can ask our boss. <laughs> <laughs> Just chaos. Yeah. Chaos ensues wherever Brenda goes. Nothing's wrong with some chaos. Silly goose life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm. I didn't say the C word last time, though, so. Yeah, it was an improvement. Life. It was. I did better. <laughs> We, we took some steps backwards while also taking steps forward. Yes. <laughs> I governed my mouth. So that's self-governance right there. I don't know, but are our listeners like used to that now? Are they expecting that and wanting that, wanting more? I think our boss was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that. 
So is everyone ready for the holidays? We got Christmas coming up soon. I am as ready as a person can be decorated today as much as I could. I have six cats, so no tree. (laughs) (laughs) I have a cat, but she doesn't bother with the tree. She never has. So I'm fortunate in that regard, I guess. Although she does eat the needles and then throws them up later. So, but she doesn't like climate or nothing like that. So, yeah. Um, I have so much stuff to do and just (laughs) not enough time to do it all. Same, same. I haven't bought a single present. Oh, I bought one actually. You know, they think about it, but yeah. Yeah. I bought a lot of things. But games? Things. Oh. But I have this bad habit of like I'm shopping for like people for gifts. I'm like, oh, I, I need this. And then you know, I just <laughs> well, shopping for yourself too. I mean, that's how I got my uh my new vault treasures. I was looking for for someone else and I got my new nice. velvet treasures. Nice. They look yes. great. Fantastic. I volunteered. I volunteered at my son's school. They have a holiday shop every year and I've done it now three years now. And it's fun to see the kids come in and they are, they're always buying some something for themselves. It's my son, even he, we, we had a list of people to buy for. He buys for his, me and my wife, his mom and dad. And that's it. Everything else he bought for himself. He had a whole <laughs> list of other people to buy for, but nope, he bought things for himself. And then, I was wrapping gifts and like every, every, every kid did that, you know, they, there's always, they bought at least one thing for themselves. Some one kid, I think he bought like everything for himself. So it's like, okay, or, you know, I mean, I'm, what am I going to do? You know, I'm not here to judge or parent these kids, you know, it's like, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I think you can judge silently and that would be fine. <laughs> so, so I think we got a, a bunch of celebrities that we've, that have passed in the last since our last episode um i think the first one we have is uh, victor kemper he's a cinematographer known for the final countdown clue and national lampoon's vacation he died november 27th at the age of 96 and we also have francis sternhagen is that correct mm-hmm Okay, cool. (laughs) American (laughs) actress known for uh, The Good Doctor, Cheers, and The Golden Pond. She died November 27, 2023 at the age of 93. And we also had Shane McGowan. He was an Irish singer and songwriter and musician best known for the the, uh, known as the lead uh, vocalist and primary lyricist of uh, Celtic or Celtic, a punk band, the the pokes i don't know if i'm not saying that right now that is correct is it okay um he died on november 30th at the age of 65 and then uh sandra day o'connor american attorney politician and jurist served as an associate justice on the united states supreme court from 1981 to 2006 she died december 1st at the age of 93 we also have David McKnight, American actor known for his uh, role in J.D.'s Revenge and Hollywood Shuffle, died on December 3rd, the age of 87. And on today's episode, we are pouring one out for the late, great Norman Lear, who passed away on December 5th 
2023 at the age of 101. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that made the hit parade. Guys like us, we had it made. Norman was born uh, Norman Milton Lear in New Haven, Connecticut on July 27th, 1922. Um, he has died of natural causes in his home in Los Angeles, California. He was married three times and has six children. Uh, his dad was a traveling salesman uh, who he says was the inspiration for the Archie Bunker character. Um, both parents were of Russian Jewish descent. Um, his father went to prison for selling fake bonds, actually. Um, he thought his father was a rascal. Um, he <laughs> also attended uh, Samuel J. Tilden High School in Brooklyn, New York, graduated from Weaver High School in Connecticut. Um, in 1940, he attended Emerson College in Boston, but dropped out in 1942 to join the uh, U.S. Air Force, um, <clears throat> the Army Air Force, I guess, at the time. Um, he served in the Mediterranean Theater as a op radio operator and gunner on a Boeing B-17 Flying Fortress, uh, the bomber. He flew 57 combat missions and received an air medal with four Oakleaf Clusters. Um, Fancy. His, yeah. What does yeah, that his, mean? Does anyone know what that means? Um, I no, I don't. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, yeah, I wonder if there's like one leaf or two leaf, right? Yeah. Right. I don't know. That's a good question. I should look into that. Um, as far as entertainment, he received six primetime Emmy Awards, two uh, P Peabody Awards. He did win the National Medal of Arts in 1999. And the Kennedy Center Honors in 2017. Um, he won the Golden Globe Carol Burnett Award in 2021 and is a member of the Television Academy Hall of Fame. So, you know, just a little name. You know, he did a few shows and that's it. You know, I'm not sure everyone <laughs> knows about this guy or not, you know. Yeah, like I, I was never heard of the dude before. Um, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think um a lot of um it, there we wouldn't have a lot of the sitcoms that were so great during the 80s and 90s if it wasn't for Norman Lear for sure. He was a pioneer and he I think really opened up uh television and especially sitcoms to um encompass social issues 
as well as, you know, and, and treat them seriously, but also um, with humor. So I, I think that him being able to do that and tackling those topics, um, you know, in the seventies led to a lot of um, great entertainment and discussion throughout the years, um, including up to today, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what kind of sitcoms are on right now. I don't really watch anything that came out after like 1984. So, you know, what do you do? (laughs) (laughs) They're just not the same anymore. No, no. And get off my lawn, by the way. So, uh, (laughs) right. (laughs) Yeah. I find it interesting that, you know, he's known for his comedies, but I think the thing we remember, remember most about his shows is not the comedy aspects, but the real life, the drama, the, the struggles, the, the, the racism, the, you know, the sexism, all these things, you know, it's not the comedy aspect. And I think maybe that's where the, the balance comes in, right. Where you got the comedy to offset the, you know, the frustrations or the angers or the fears or whatever, everything else that he, t- he uh, tackles. Yeah. It's just, he's just an amazing person and his career is just yeah out yeah. of this world. It's just in a different level than anything else. I hear and a lot of people say things like, Oh, his shows couldn't be made today. And it's like, well, yeah, he made them then so that we can go into a day where we didn't need to have shows like this. Right. <laughs> Trying to point out the fallacies in all of this. These you characters, know, the characters are like terrible. Archie Bunker. Like, God, you so know, we, we look at him today and we're like, oh, but if you think about it, like he bringing out a character like that on TV takes the power away from a lot of the real life Archie bunkers. Um, yeah. You know, there are some people who don't get it and they, they think that, Oh yeah. Archie bunker. I dig it. Yeah. I get it. He's right. But no, those, you see how horrible <laughs> like he is. And like, I watched the, I watched many episodes um, in preparation of this, like rewatch them. But like, if you, I started writing down all the racial slurs that he said in one episode and I just gave up. Like I can't. Oh my God. I, I oh my God. It does like if you try to turn into a drinking game, you'd become exactly. by the end of it. I was like, I'm writing them down. I'm like, Oh God, I feel gross. I have to take a shower. I just wrote yeah. down these horrible things. Um, and, and, and true story. I, I, you know, hand to God here. Um, I, I have a notebook where I take my notes and I just toss it on the floor one night when I went to bed and I swear my cat threw up on the page with all the racial, racial slurs on it. <laughs> I, it. So I think that's some, some uh, karmic cosmic cat justice right there. So that's Norman from the great beyond. Letting you know. <laughs> yes. Norman has uh, so taken cute. over Oscar's body here. So <laughs> One thing I found that he said that I really liked is because uh, everyone says how he says how he changed society with his shows and how his impact on society, and his response was that uh, that no he uh, he reflected society they didn't he didn't change it. So that's yeah. that's kind of one of those deep thoughts you know you think about and it's like yeah at the time in the seventies you know it was more acceptable i guess to you know maybe show racism or to have all these slurs and everything else and it's it's just yeah a reflection of us right yeah um i like that the second episode he was writing a letter to ronald reagan um richard nixon ronald reagan richard nixon richard nixon yeah there you go yeah 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 i was thinking like wait ronald reagan that's that's my 
Yeah, that was like I, who I would write a letter to when I was a kid. My, right. my brain's not, not fully functioning. I apologize. Okay. <laughs> Mine never functions, so we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the end, uh, what is it? By the, towards the end of the the series, I think there was another one. Um, if you watch the episodes through Prime Video, it has trivia that comes up, and so I love getting to oh. see just trivia that that is going on with it. Um, but by the fifth episode. Um. Oh man, I'm. I can't remember exactly what happened, but he wanted to cancel it by this one because it, there was a lot of talk about um homophobia and and yeah. just being gay in general. Um, but he was basically apparently um Richard Nixon wanted to to have the show canceled because he feared it would further the gay agenda. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Richard Nixon was a huge, and uh, he he did not like gay people. Yeah, so that was he said some horrible things. Mm. I was like, well, that's fun, isn't that? Um, there was an episode where they're arguing about a uh, patty versus link sausage for breakfast, and I was like, I'm invested in that. That's cool. <laughs> I'm a patty. I'm a patty person myself. I don't know if you guys prefer link or patty for breakfast. If you, you know, um, you know, or it, for a vegetarian one for you, Brenda. I, I yeah, think I'd I, say I links. like vegetarian patties. They're good. I think I would choose links if I had the choice between links or patties. I never thought about that before. Vegetarian links are awful. So if you ever, <laughs> yeah, the patties are good. I've had like Morning Star patties. They're really good. Mm. Yeah. I've had the... they, oh my god, Morning Star used to make. Um, sandwiches like with biscuits and oh, sorry, off topic. (laughs) (laughs) And to redeem myself from our first episode, I watched season two, episode 21, Sammy's Visit, um, where he had Sammy Davis Jr. in his cab. (laughs) So, you know, had to do a good throwback there, but um, I thought it was pretty funny because you know he's talking to them and he says guess who i had in my cab and oh, i forgot who it was is his wife edith yeah yeah edith. is she has living or dead <laughs> 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 and i'm like well that's that's funny um and he's just like i drive a cab not a hearse and i was like ha uh, that's that's funny here we are hearsing around and you're talking about people living dead and you guys are dead yeah. now <laughs> like, nice. that sounds terrible but it's for real um and then towards later uh they're trying to guess who it was and um mike or meathead says uh belafonte <laughs> this this man oh my god i had to write it down because i was just i was so stressed when he said it uh, he says no i said a black man meathead harry belafonte ain't black and of course i'm just like wow really dude Wow. Okay, and then he continues because that wasn't bad enough. Then he continues. He says he's just a good-looking white guy dipped in caramel. Wow! I oh. said I walked. I stood up and walked away, and I said, "Bitch, what the fuck!" <laughs> wow! Oh, so that was my Sammy Davis Jr. episode, so I could see the first uh, <laughs> there. Yeah, the kiss there. That was um that was Harry Belafonte. Right. <laughs> I was just like, oh no. Did he seriously just oh god. Oh my god. 
So I, I did watch the episode with the the homo the homophobia episode episode five. Um, yes. Oh my goodness, that was. Uh, there were there were some words coming out there that I hadn't heard in a very long time. I was like, "Oh, you can't say that. Yeah, and you should not say that. That's horrible." And oh my god! I, oh, I did when not he was talking about down. England, yeah. I, yes. I wrote a lot of asterisks down because I was like, I'm not committing myself to saying this, but I can't believe he just said that. There's a lot of, yes. oh, okay, we're saying this. I was like, and, did he say that? And I had to like uh, run it back at one point. I'm like, wait, it, he did. Yeah. And I have my captions on. So I'm like, oh my God. I can't like, believe I was sitting that. there like, I'd rather be watching Hamburger right now. Oh, oh no. That's how, that's how like, but for some reason, at least that was more entertaining in a sense that it's just so wild. But this was just, it started hurting after a while. And I think yeah. after the sixth, the sixth episode, I was like, um, I think I'm done. I'm going to watch the Sammy Davis Jr. episode and I'm going on to another show, which was um, Maude, which I was telling you guys about. Yeah. Um, And I think after I, th- I got to an episode where the daughter was trying to have a relationship with an older man and this older man happened to have had a relationship with her mother and i'm like y'all mm, what y'all yeah mod is interesting um for lack of a better word <laughs> i mean she's like she's on her fourth marriage you know when, when we were introduced to her in that first episode and but her daughter is adrian barbeau who i think is older than b arthur i'm not sure um Right. Yeah, I think I read that somewhere. Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> weird. Like you look at them next to each other, like why are they the same age? This is stupid. Like it, it's bad. I think it's bad casting. Um, hmm. but that I mean they're they're good in what they do, but it's it's not it believed. I, I like the dynamic between Maude and her husband. I can't remember his yeah. name now, but I thought they had a pretty Walter? good dynamic. Walter. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. I watched a few episodes of Maude for the first time. I've heard about it, of course. And I've seen B. Arthur in Golden Girls, and uh, um, I had a laugh. You know, I was watching the first episode, and that theme song comes on, you know, and then it goes to the door, and it's Maude, and she opens the and door with that smile. Maude. Yeah. Oh my God, I just started <laughs> cracking up laughing. and uh... <laughs> It's very campy, but it, it works. <laughs> yeah. like, that Jeez. first episode is great it's like she's also insufferable just like archie bunker is but in the opposite way like yeah she's she's trying too hard to be liberal and be right while still getting it wrong right right yeah she's and she's very um self-centered i mean she obviously loves her daughter but she's very she's very neurotic i think that's a good word Mm -hmm. and that comes out when she goes to to the therapist yeah, I was going to say the ther- the first episode with the therapist, I think it was, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. That was yeah. so funny. <laughs> she's wearing yeah. sunglasses in the house. And maybe she's got a black eye. She's <laughs> having she's, an affair. She's having an affair. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, noted. If I, if I want my mom to think I'm having an affair, I would just come in and out of the house wearing shades at all times. That's like, I forget to the take hell? my sunglasses off sometimes when i go into the office and i'm like do people think that i have a black eye but <laughs> what are you hiding ah <laughs> uh, so many things um but you know adrian barbo the daughter whose name escapes me i can i can only think of her as adrian barbo i can't and i have to say her whole name every time um 
from watching her on game shows, you know, in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s, and um, from The Fog, and she was mm -hmm. in Cannonball Run. Um, so, yeah, you know, yeah, still classic. haven't seen that one. <laughs> oh, geez, one of these days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was surprised because um, I didn't realize that uh, Florida from The Good Times was in mod. Yep. And uh, for a second, then I'm like, oh, was this a uh, like an introduction? Is this where the you know Good Times get spun off? But I guess not. She was their housekeeper there for a while. I, I didn't see enough, enough episodes to how many she was in. But yeah, I was trying I to get was, a scoop on that too. Yeah, it was interesting though because, like you, you were saying, she's like like the opposite of Archie Bunker because like this this uh, black housekeeper comes in and she's like being overly nice and like having martinis with her and like, you know, telling her to have a seat and have making lunch for her and just trying to not like overly not trying to be like, you know, Oh, she's my servant or whatever, yeah. you know, and it's very interesting. I was, but um, <clears throat> the, the spinoffs from his shows are just kind of crazy. I mean, looking at like all in the family, spun off so many shows mod good times um jefferson's um i mean they were all kind of linked together you know and they've got checking in spin off from the jefferson's we got archie bunker's place and i mean there's what seven programs spun off from one show it's and there was uh the infamous gloria oh yeah was sally struthers vehicle which went nowhere <laughs> She can't carry a show. Come on. She couldn't then. Couldn't now. Um, but yeah, I think you, you look at the spinoffs and like if you look at Good Times especially, I think that grew bigger than Maud in a way because you have, you know, you have Maud and it, you know, address a lot of, you know, important social issues, especially related to, to feminism and women's rights. But when you got into to Good Times, you, you got race class i see it more as a class issue than anything and it's um the episode talks a lot it's a lot about you know a, a poor family living in the projects of chicago and growing up in the shadow of chicago um you know i remember seeing those projects driving through the city um as you know younger person um and i identify i think most closely with that um that show and I watched the first episode again, and I've seen every episode of the show multiple times. I used to watch on WGN as a kid. Um, but that very first episode, the one thing I, I noted is these people are really happy and they're about to be evicted. And, yeah. you know, they're Florida's optimism and her hope never, ever dies, really. If you watch the whole series all the way through, she goes through a lot of crap and her family goes through a lot of stuff but she always she has her faith and she has she always has hope and um i find that remarkable about this this series because there's a lot of dire things and they're yeah. they still and they stay together for the most part you know yep. and Fl florida was the rock for that show she was yes. definitely yeah like like you said optimistic and her character was just so strong you know and she played it so well that was such a that was such a great show yeah it yeah, was like, uh, i was it was called oh. good times but it seemed like um they went through a lot of bad times right yeah <laughs> it right. was their outlook that kept it good times not necessarily yep. the actual times they were going through were good 
right? Yeah, I was reading somewhere that the uh, apparently a uh, Black Panther activist confronted a Norman Lear um, about the show, and then um, <clears throat> why do the characters have to live in a slum and be so poor and you know experience so much crime and uh, you know all these stereotypes? And apparently that's what led him to create uh, the Jeffersons, which showed the uh, you know black black family in a more positive and upwardly mobile light. So. I thought that was pretty interesting that, uh, you know, uh, well, I can't imagine how scary that would be, right? To have the activists come and knocking on your door. <laughs> yeah. Especially, yeah, one of the Black Panther activists. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, and that, you know, led to the Jeffersons, which, you know, also came from All in the Family with Lionel, who's such a great character. Mm -hmm. um, I think as the Jeffersons goes on, like, you know, the first season we get, we get quite a bit of Lionel for the first couple seasons, but then um, it, it, you know, it, it's a, it's a show that focuses on Sherman Hemsley and, you know, George Jefferson and his wife, Wheezy, uh, Louise, and, you know, they're, they're made Florence and they're, they're neighbors, but it's not Lionel was that character who came from all in the family. And he's so good, especially in that first season of all in the family. Um, I think they could have used him more a bit in the Jeffersons as time went on, but you know, I get it. Um, he, it, it was Sherman Hemsley who was the, the star, um, but it's a great show. And, and they, they use a lot of words that I, I don't use. Um, and I was a bit surprised <laughs> to hear. Yeah. Um, especially in that first episode I was like, Oh, well, we're not pulling any punches in episode one, are we? Nope. Apparently, the Jeffersons was Elvis Presley's favorite television show. I could see that. <laughs> I could. I didn't get to hear their song. Of all of the ones that I did listen to, I thought um, Sanford and Son had the best intro song. Yeah, it does. Completely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just... Do, 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 do. Oftentimes, so when I drive to work, I drive down a highway. Well, it's like a four-lane highway. It's not like a expressway and i'm always behind a truck that has junk in the back and every time i have that sanford and son going through my head that's <laughs> like at least once a week probably i would say more than two to three times a week i have sanford and son's theme song in my head so <laughs> nice that was a great show i love that show i think that was out of all of his shows that's probably my what my, would be my favorite show of his the sanford and son I was really bummed they didn't have the first episode. Um, they had a season. They had the, the first episode of season three, um, which was definitely a way to start into it. But apparently, the son was learning Shakespeare, like Shakespearean theater, hmm. and they were practicing Othello. So he managed to get um, the dad out of the house. <laughs> So he could practice with the teacher coming over. And it just happened. Yeah, it happened to be a fellow. So they were practicing getting fake choked out. And it was a white woman. So that's all Red was seeing through the, through the, <laughs> through the door. <laughs> he was like, oh, he does his whole bit of the, you know, I'm coming, Elizabeth. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, Lord, my son's over here choking a white woman. <laughs> how, how are we going to get out of this? Like. Yeah, they, go they got into sure. a lot of antics. Yeah, that was definitely an antic for sure. That was hilarious. 
there's another episode I watched where um oh it's Red Fox's birthday. I think it's episode two, and it's um Fred Sanford, his birthday. He's played by Red Fox. And in real life, he was like in his 50s, but he was turning 65 that day, uh, you know, on the show. And I'm like, he sort of looks 65. And I think that's part of like in the 1970s. It, people looked a lot older i think than they do now like there are people in there like he was like in his 50s and they're like oh i'm 65 i'm like no you're not yeah, <laughs> I, I read i actually read somewhere that they they did use makeup to make him look older which i didn't really? realize because i've seen these memes kind of alluding to what you're saying where like all these famous characters like fred sanford were in their 60s but they were really like you know in their late 40s or early 50s playing these characters and I just read somewhere um, a little while ago um, that uh, they 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 used makeup for um, him and like Grady to oh. age them to make them look like they're older than they were. I did not know that. I just thought he looked old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. he he had a you know he did some hard living. You know, well, I was gonna say yeah, he he did live a hard life. You know, he was a. Uh, he had his vices, that's for sure. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. He does not like to pay taxes either, apparently. So <laughs> got into some tax issues. Apparently um, he was really generous, though. He was always broke because he was always giving people money. Yep. He was generous to a fault, they said. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's and he was hilarious. I mean, very, very um, blue, as they used to say. Yep. Um, but hilarious. Like, whoo. Yeah. Could not, could not, uh, I don't know. I'd like to see him do a Netflix special. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I remember a line that uh, Fred Sanford said in one of the episodes. uh, Maybe it was the birthday one, but he actually brought up Red Fox. And he said something about, uh, um, let me see. I don't know why he has two D's in his first name, but I've seen some of his films. Or I know why he has two X's in his last name. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And he also liked to drop some racial slurs, so, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. The other way, though, too, um, though, right? Huh? The other way, though, right? I, yes, like, wasn't the other he calling, way. like, the, the white cops, like, honky or something like yep, that, wasn't and, he? Yeah, yeah. And he, he had a, we, they went to a Chinese restaurant, and he dropped a few. Oh, man. <sighs> uh, yeah. So, he's like, uh, but he, he's not as, I don't know, I, I feel like Archie Bunker was more out of ignorance than mm. and red fox is more just he just i don't know that's just how he talked i guess i don't know but it was like oh i didn't just want to watch the world burn spiritedness out of red <laughs> fox that i did out of uh archie bunker i'll put it that way hmm. but still not you know not 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 anything i would say or whatnot but um well it was a different time right yes very much so. Um, yeah. um, but speaking of different times, we had one day at a time as well. And I think that rounds yes. out like his major, major, um, you know, um, series that that were considered to be the most groundbreaking. And, you know, we have a divorced mom with two kids moving to a new city, starting her life over. And the first episode schneider is like the superintendent in their building and he is creepy as fuck <laughs> yeah he is like, he's just 
Oh, he he wants to get in in Annie's pants. <laughs> For a minute there, I was confused because I was like doing some research and I was watching that show. This is the first time I've seen One Day at a Time, and I was a couple episodes in, and he's just hanging around. I'm like, wait, did I miss something? Is he part of the family? Is he some relative, or why is he always in their apartment? <laughs> well, he has a pass key because he's a superintendent <laughs> in the building, and he uses it. And it's creepy. I I thought he was a little bit rapey. Like he was going to mm. like yeah. I was especially <laughs> the first episode. He was way too touchy feely. And I was like, I, and I don't remember that because I watched the show when I was younger. I don't remember him being that creepy. And maybe like the creepiness mellows out as the show goes on. But he was you can only really creepy. Hmm. I thought, but. Uh... And I remember, though, that her apartment is what, because I, I grew up in, in my grandparents' house, and I never knew anyone who lived in an apartment. Like, in my area, they're just, it was just, like, a lot of houses. So mm -hmm. I thought every apartment, as it could look like the One Day at a Time apartment or the Good Times apartment, it was one or the other. Mm. So, turns out that's not true, which I learned <laughs> when I an adult. I, I've lived in some places where the Good Times apartment I would I would have killed for that apartment. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um especially when I lived in Indianapolis, I lived lived in a place that was oh not great. Um but yeah. I think, I think my first apartment was like five hundred square feet or something like that, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that good tiny, times apartment tiny. was bigger than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I lived in some tiny places and some you know sketchy type areas you know college and you know student loans you get broke and you just yeah you live and it was in indianapolis but their apartment was much nicer and one day at a time and we have two people connected to music in really in in one day at a time both the daughters we had uh mackenzie phillips who um is the son or the the child of someone in the mamas and papas i forget his name uh but some weird weird stuff there some music connection and then valerie bertinelli of course married to eddie van halen and produced wolfgang van halen <laughs> now tours so um the show was great um funny and i think it's one of those shows that evolved to into um as time went on you know, Valerie Bertinelli left, I think, and then Mackenzie Phillip left and then came back. And um, I think it was supposed to mirror somewhat of what what happens in families, how some kids would you know leave the nest and then have to come back. But it was an interesting show. Um, you know, I think I liked it more when I was younger than I did this time, you know, watching a couple episodes. I'm like, uh, not as not as much as, you know, that sentimental um mm thing is, is just gone now for me and that show but i still liked all the other ones um just just as much and i i enjoyed them all um of, of the ones i watched yeah one day at a time i'm just realizing this this um that one and uh, jefferson's actually they uh basically crossed decades you know so they had uh like one day, one day at a time went from the 70s to the 80s and so did the jefferson's mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a long run. Yeah. yeah. One day at a time did two hundred and nine. Jefferson's did two hundred and fifty three. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, you get to see the characters for so long evolve and age, even, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and the progress is light, you know, the different paths that life takes people and the in and outs of the household. And I, I, I find it interesting when you have shows that run for that long because, um, you know, it, it sort of does mirror life. And, you, and as you age and grow as a person and you might identify with one character at one age and then as you age you're like oh god no <laughs> and you know people change and i think that a lot his shows were very good at showing people's ability to change um and learn and grow as we do in real life yeah, maybe yeah. not as fast as we like like <laughs> archie bunker he was pretty awful but oh god um, yeah you know, he did mellow out as time went on yeah, I was just wondering, I'm just thinking, like, I'm trying to th think back, like, <clears throat> thinking about, you know, like, the, the how these shows and how they reflect um, life, basically, you know, like, I'm try just trying to remember, like, at the time, like, when I was watching All in the Family or Sanford and the Sun when I was younger, you know, if there's, and I watch it now, if, if I re could relate, because, like, all those characters, there's always someone you can relate to pretty much, right? So I wonder if that kind of changes over time, where, like, you kind of start seeing maybe one person's point of view where you didn't see them, you know, 10, yeah. 20 years ago, you know, I'm trying to. I, I can say <laughs> I never have related to Archie Bunker. Well, yeah. I mean, he's, I think maybe the exception, right? I mean, <laughs> um, I, I but, think um, it, it makes me laugh in the most uncomfortable way though. It's like, Oh my God. <laughs> and, but there are people um, that identified with him strongly and, it takes all kinds, I guess, in the world. But I right. think, again, this show and, and showing the just his the way that he talked to people and treated people, especially his wife. I think he was just horrible to her. Oh, my God. I mean, and then they made her so, so dang stupid, like just <laughs> airhead, the biggest airhead they... <laughs> yeah terrible. she was like so harmless and he was so mean to her um she she, she had a heart of gold she was a great like her character i mean yeah. yeah she got beat up on but she was such a great character you gotta love her like everyone loves edith you know because she was just such such a pure character you know and i think it rolled off of her like a lot of it just i don't know if maybe she was just so used to it but i'm sorry i would not take that <laughs> yeah no. seriously Excuse me, please don't talk to me like that ever again. Or, I you know, I'm going I to kick you in the balls. <laughs> I seem to recall her talking back and putting her foot down a few times. You know, I, I can't think of any particular instances exactly. But I, I, I know that there were times, you know, where she stood up for herself. So she proved that she wasn't as dumb as she seemed, you know. Yeah. But yeah, she did get, uh, um, she did have that ditzy quality. And it's an interesting side fact. Her that uh, the singing that she does actually, mm -hmm. she was a, a professionally trained and accomplished singer who had performed in musical theaters and productions. So she was actually, and I guess in real life, yeah, a really good singer. It's just for the show, she was. You know, and they crazy, say that ah! it, it takes a really good singer to sing that badly. You know. <laughs> yeah. To be able to sing badly professionally, you know. <laughs> Yeah, my my wife every time the show because I the what is it um, H and I or one of those you know 
uh, channels in like the three or four hundreds will show, <clears throat> excuse me, reruns. And whenever I turn the show on, my wife is like, oh, I hate this. Her voice is so terrible and the thing <laughs> is so awful. <laughs> I enjoy it. I yeah. laugh and I try to sing along because I sing oh, just oh, as yeah. happy as she does in real life. So. <laughs> right. right. I got to have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, um, something interesting I found about Norman Lear himself was his um, politics. And I'll go oh. like a little briefly at this because I don't do politics, but he um, did some great things um, with getting out um, alternative points of view um, to what was called the moral majority, which I remember when I was a kid, like... Um, you know the trying to infuse religion back into politics and he was very staunchly against this um people accused him of being an atheist but he was a you know of the jewish faith and he wasn't um particularly observant but he still considered himself to be jewish but he was um involved in organizations which i found what I found most compelling was um, the declare yourself movement where he got involved with um, voter registration. And that was in late early eight eighties, early nineties um, is, you know, late in his life where he was still involved in this. And he did at one point, you know, step back from his activism, but um, and I, I think you can do this without being partisan. I mean, religion doesn't have a, a point, in my you know opinion um being within politics and government because it's pretty explicit in the constitution but um you know he he was out there saying that when no one else would and um he donated a lot of time and money um and his name to efforts that might not have necessarily been popular but at the same time were important um the get out the vote movement that happened later on and like the whole um where you can now register at the bmv where you used to have to go it used to be a much more complicated process to to register to vote now it's it's a lot easier and i think that we have to credit him in some part for that um he was one of those early um, progressive types when it came to um you know getting people out to vote no matter how they voted um he wanted people to get out and vote and the most interesting though thing that i found out about him was that he was the officiant at trey parker's wedding um trey parker of uh south park fame so oh, okay. also hilarious. Yeah, i found that out too I thought that was <laughs> kind of cool interesting <laughs> yeah yeah, he was big with them. He actually, in 2001, he purchased the um, uh, what's called a Dunlap Broadside, which is one of the first uh, published copies of the Declaration of Independence. He bought it for $8.1 million. Oh, wow. And uh, apparently they only printed about 200 copies, and 25 copies survive today, and only four are in private hands. And he um, took this on like a, a bus tour, where he went around to, I can't remember how many cities, but he just took it all around the United States so yeah. people can see the actual, you know, the decora uh, Declaration of Independence for themselves. And it That's was just, cool. he was just amazing. Yeah, he was, 
I think pretty liberal. Um, although I found it funny that um, uh, he did not support the Carter administration because he right? found it to be a complete disaster. <laughs> I yeah, like I said, I don't do politics, but I'm not going to disagree <laughs> with him on that point. <laughs> yeah. Looking back, I mean Jimmy Carter, amazing man. Um who after his presidency did a lot of amazing things. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. But his administration and that you can blame that on a lot of things, the time, people who surrounded him, whatever. Too many Not Archer the greatest. Bunkers, maybe, huh? What? So too many Archer bunkers, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but um, you know, a product of his of his time as well. I mean, but he was a very and, and remains to be a very um interesting i think person beyond presidency and his wife unfortunately and i don't think we mentioned this um just passed away um not too long ago um also um she's quite quite up there in years as well as he is i think in the late 90s so oh yeah 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 we should have mentioned that i don't know if we mentioned that uh i can't remember if it was last episode or what i don't remember yeah <laughs> It's been a long time and, right. you know, life has well, happened. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one thing I, I kind of, I, I was looking through his shows, uh, Norman here, and he, and he was such, you know, we've already talked about he, how he, you know, pushed envelopes and it was a groundbreaker and stuff. And it's like <clears throat> so many shows had firsts and kind of odd firsts, like all in the family featured the first toilet flush. So, um, and good times was the first time uh, someone said the word booger, uh, <laughs> where Wyona, uh, Winona called Mr. Bookman a booger and buffalo butt. Yes. Um, but then, like, here one day at a time, it was the first uh, series to show the star having a heart attack. And it wasn't, it was actually the woman having the heart attack and not a man who, in most shows, apparently it's, Always the guy having the heart attack and not the yeah. woman, but uh, this was the first time, like, I guess, man or woman, that they actually showed them having a heart attack. And the Jeffersons uh, were the first to have a white and black interracial couple. And the episode Once a Friend in 77 was the first to feature a transgender character. And that was like a uh, what, like his old because uh, 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 the character was a like an old army guy, um, and uh, like. From what I understand or remember, that episode is like his old army buddy comes to visit him, or navy buddy, and he's no longer a dude. <laughs> yeah. So it's just it's amazing how influential and what he was able to accomplish in his shows, and like you said, even out of out of the the television arena, he was just to say he was influential and a great man is like even almost diminishing it just because he was larger than life, you know? Right. So prolific. And he worked up until, from my understanding, pretty much the day he died. He, you know, as we sit here now has in production or in development, some reboots and then some other series that he was consulting on. So um, his legacy may get even bigger um right and his body of work will continue to probably grow and 
as I said at the beginning, I think that without his groundbreaking sitcoms in the 70s, we wouldn't have a lot of the shows and movies and entertainment that we have today. For sure. For sure. I know. Um, did, did any of you guys see the, uh, what the live action remakes they did of his shows back in the, uh, I see. did not, but I remember no? when they happened. Yeah, um, it was like the first one was, I'm trying to find here 2019. And then they did another one in 2021. I think I missed the one they did in 2021 somehow, but I saw the, other ones they did an all of all in the family and a jeff with the jefferson's tie-in and then they did the jeffersons and then they did another all in the family and good times and then in 2021 they did the facts of life and different strokes and um i thought those were interesting i remember watching them at the time like the let me see all the family one they it was uh, uh woody harrelson that played archie buncher Bunch's character um <clears throat> so it's interesting to see the more of the actors of this time playing those guys, you know, but I think they, I think they did them pretty well. And the, um, which one it was that I think it was yeah, the other, the good times one where like the, a lot of the original cast members came and made an appearance. And that was, that was pretty awesome to see. So it's like, even now they're like, you know, it's, it's, he's still with us. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I got to mention he's, apparently a producer which i don't think i knew on my all-time favorite movie he didn't do a lot of movies he only did a handful of them that he was like producer of but uh, my all-time favorite the princess bride apparently he produced that oh wow so yeah he did that um fried green green tomatoes which Mm -hmm. is a popular one yeah for sure um what else did he do that was pretty popular uh Divorce American style, which I've heard of, but I've never seen. And Dick Van Dyke's in that, I think. Yeah, yeah. And even recently, there was like a movie called I Got a Monster, which I think is more of a, like a documentary. It was about like a abusive police force. Like, um, oh, where, where was it? Uh, I can't remember now. But uh, yeah, so he's, and that came out, yeah, that came out this year. So yeah, like you said, he's just busy and just one of those guys can't stop them. Yeah, that's a secret <laughs> that's a secret to a long life stay busy right right yeah yeah 101 <laughs> yeah yeah that's a long time right right yeah he um apparently he was also the, the godfather to actress katie seagal which i thought that was kind of cool um and he also inspired seth mcfarland to write for television there so and actually i guess guess seth mcfarland was his protege um i guess they became friends and yeah i thought that was kind of interesting i know i've liked yeah. a lot of seth stuff like the um family guy of course but like orville i love orville you know yeah so it's it's very uh yeah it just goes to show how his stuff just inspires and continues and affects you know, just snowballs down, right? Well, does anyone have anything else to say about Norman Lear? Should we move on to our our fun little Are You As Dead As They Are game? I like that. Yeah. Let's let's do that. I'm prepared right. to embarrass myself. Sure, yeah. let's do it. All right, so here we go. Um, I will be your host today for the Are You As Brain Dead As They Are? 
This is, let me see, the ninth game. And for those uh, who don't know at home, in this game, we give 10 facts about a certain uh, deceased actor or actress. Um, and they are deceased, uh, unlike my previous guesses, where I've guessed many uh, actors that are alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, and basically, yeah, uh, see who can guess it and win. And when you win, you win the all-expenses-paid trip to Paris, Texas. So so hopefully I win, so it's really cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so... We don't have a big budget here, so. <laughs> right, right. Or we'll send you a croissant from uh, the local you know bagel place or something i don't know anyways <laughs> all right so our first question our first uh, factoid here is this person was born in mexico city mexico on november 25th 1920 uh oh yeah who are we starting with sorry <laughs> oh i'll go first uh, I'm i, bad at I this have game. no idea i'm gonna pass <laughs> okay uh <laughs> is it Jose Alfredo Jimenez. <laughs> oh, good guess. <laughs> no. Okay. Um. All right. Second clue. Um. They were a film and television actor who worked for over seventy years in show business. So let's see, Isabel, your turn. Um, I'm gonna pass. Okay. Right. So. If they worked in seven for seventy years and say they started as a baby, then they died at least in the nineties. <laughs> so I n probably have heard of this person, but I have no idea. I will pass. All right. Okay. Number three. Um, they become came, excuse me. They became well known in Mexico for their role in the nineteen forty three film Santa. Very pertinent for our Christmas time season here. So I'm sure I'll love you know the Mexican film Santa. Uh, um, who's first? Uh, Brenda. Santa. Um, is it Ricardo Montalban? Seriously? <laughs> uh, yes. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. <laughs> Yay! Go Brenda! <laughs> You're not brain dead like oh me. Oh my god. How did you know that? I mean, this is a guy I thought I would know, but I wouldn't know this early. Um, We're just going to say I'm a very, I'm a product of the 70s. And she likes and bad movies. I have watched so many bad movies <laughs> that oh I might have seen that movie. <laughs> oh man. I wasn't ready for that. Wow, like good job. Vincent Price all over again. Right. All right, I'll talk to Jason about getting you your uh, plane ticket and your croissant there. So, uh, can oh, I you're gonna, you can visit me. I could, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, and I, I did, you know, I've got my TSA pre-check number because I'm traveling in a couple months. So, um, yeah, my, my it'll be my first travel since the pandemic. Oh, scary. oh, wow. I'm getting on yeah. a plane, yeah. Ooh, mm. Yeah, I've traveled a couple of times, and yeah, it's a little, it's a little nerve wracking now. That's why I did the TSA pre check because not enough Valium can get me through that line. <laughs> at a you know, airport. It, it helps if you have a, a a kid because I don't know what happened this last no. time we took. No, <laughs> seriously, no. Listen, 
we took a trip to um um a Dominican Republic for a family member's wedding and we went to the airport and I'm like oh my gosh we're gonna wait in this long line and they like they saw we had a kid and we had the luggage and he's like go this way and it was like pretty much bypassed like 75 percent of the line and it's like this is amazing I love this <laughs> maybe I'll take my cat with me and dress <laughs> there you go my cat that loves me very much Oh, can we yeah. get the rest of the factoids? No. no. Oh, okay, yeah. No, we're sure, done. Sure. I what? just won. That's it. Let me bask in my glory. Okay, I'm Be done. Quiet, Brenda. Okay, there you go. You're done basking? <laughs> okay, so. I'm done basking. Let me have my moment. I don't have these moments. All right. Yeah. Oh, hell, Brenda. Oh, hell, Brenda. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, go on with the factoids. So, all right. You so, may proceed. So. Thank you. Thank you for your We only got through three of them. I want to know more about Ricardo Montalban. Jeez Louise. <laughs> So he appeared as a guest star in a multitude of television shows, including General Electric Theater, Gunsmoke, Marcus Welby, MD, Hawaiian Five-O, Columbo, American Dad, Star Trek, Please. Columbo, and of course, Murder, She Wrote. Of course, Murder, She Wrote. He left out Fantasy Island. What? Oh, well, this is guest star. Okay, that's why. His Columbo episode is top notch, by the way. Oh, yeah? Hmm. I still got to watch those. All right. The next question was he won an Emmy Award for his role as uh, Setengi? Setengai? I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce that. Setengai? Yeah. S-A-T-A-N-G-K-A-I. So however you pronounce that. It was a... Yeah. 1978 (laughs) miniseries, How the West Was Won. So that's not really a Western name, is it? I don't know. No. I don't know. Anyways, uh, and he played the role of Zach Powers on Dynasty and its spinoff, The Colbys. Did not know Dynasty had a spinoff. Um, and then he played Armando in two of the Planet of the Apes films in the 1970s. Oh, okay. Um, I kind of remember that, but it's been a while. Um uh, for more than a decade, he was the spokesman for Chrysler Automobiles in television advertisements. I don't remember that, but wow. And his most famous film role is likely his turn as the titled villain in Star Trek Three: The Wrath of Khan. And Khan! The, oh, yeah, the last, of course, is play the role of Mr. Rourke in the hit television show fantasy island so yeah yeah i see sent this and i was a little disappointed because i was like oh i might have got known this guy i would have probably got him but oh well but good job brenda we all Thank hail you. to you you are the queen <laughs> she's right, the guys. queen well because i'm the queen i will um see us out today um okay. thank you everyone for joining us for this very special episode of hearsing around as a reminder you can find hearsing around at rabbitholepodcast.com or wherever you find your podcasts you can also find us on all of the socials such as facebook instagram x aka twitter and blue sky at hearsing around pod and rabbit hole podcast we will be back soon to eulogize another celebrity's body of work. Until then. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank Bring you. out your Bring out your dead.
Cruising Around is created, edited, and produced by Jason Soto. You can subscribe to our show on Apple, Google, Audible, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Also, check out rabbitholepodcast.com to find other great podcasts on our network. Copyright 2023 Rabbit Hole Podcasts, rabbitholepodcast.com.